Come be part of the conversations that happen around my kitchen table. He's John Brannion, and he's been a stand-up comic for more than 30 years. She's Amanda McKinney, and she's been my daughter for her whole life. Our family believes laughter is a gift from God. We often discover it while discussing culture, faith, and family. So go ahead and pull up a chair, neighbor. Can I call you Carl? There's plenty of room here for you. I didn't have anything to say as you were potting the music down, so. I thought you were going to say something about wearing a lot of hats. No, Emmy's doing that. (laughs) Emmy came in wearing more than one. I asked her how many, and she said 50, I think. Mm -hmm. I don't think she has quite 50 hats on. No, Cammie says it's 10. Is it 10? Mm -hmm. It might be 10. I think it is. (laughs) I counted at least four from where I was sitting, Mm -hmm. so. uh, Yeah, Emmy's wearing... Many hats. All the hats. You know you, how. Metaphorically. Isn't that a phrase? <laughs> she wears many hats. And usually that means She you is trade literally them off. wearing many hats. Usually it means like you wear them one at a time, but. Yes, it usually <laughs> means that you serve different functions, not simultaneously. Right. Right. But Emmy's, Emmy is wearing a lot of hats. I thought last week's podcast was really good. You did. How are we going to top it? Probably won't. Might We're not well, going to top it. So well let's just be honest about that right now. This is not going to be as good as it was last week, Carl. I thought it was good because the kids were in bed, and but it wasn't so late that like I was done being alive and wanted to just be unconscious. But mm. it was late enough that we were a little bit, a little bit wacky, a little bit silly. So should we should we maybe make that our podcast recording time? It's like when JT comes to skews our starving comics show on Sunday with caffeine, and in he's his had system. several Red Bulls or mm-hmm. a shot of espresso. Yeah, you can tell. Like it's yeah, he's just a different <laughs> character. He's not like sometimes he's sort of apologetic, or you know, he's really careful not to step on anybody, and mm-hmm. and he's like he's he bides his time. Yeah, he, he lets the conversations unfold, and he and he responds when there's a moment. Yeah. In time when there's a break in the conversation, right. he'll respond. Right, and then caffeinated JT. Caffeinated has JT no qualms. is just a wild man. He jumps in last week while the theme song is playing, it, which is his theme song. He wrote it, he yeah. recorded it, sang it, all that. <laughs> right, and it's singing. You know, are you ready for the best? Are and after ready? like the third time, it are says you? that he goes, "Ugh, why You're does ready. he say it so much? Yeah. Why? Why do I say it so much?" He didn't say, "Why do I?" Yeah. He said he talked about the song like it was completely <laughs> like outside, it was separate from himself. Him. He's like, "Ugh, we get it." That's what he said. We you, get we it. Get it. <laughs> yeah, you don't have to keep repeating it. Uh, which makes me laugh. And so last week. We were talking about, well, <laughs> we were talking about your anxiety, the fact that you hate the alphabet. Mm-hmm. We talked about, um, at one point, Luke walked through and you like yelled at him because he was wearing <laughs> a bathroom. bathroom. Yeah. <laughs> and just made me laugh. So it was, it was good. And this week, I just feel, I'm trying to eat my chili She's while I'm talking. She's eating chili now, Carl. It's a little distracting. She's distracted. The kids aren't done with school. And it's more of a normal day a normal recording day but i'm just not sure it'll be as good i think we should maybe consider uh changing up our recording time if that's what it takes i was a a little i felt a little less harried Mm -hmm. last week because i didn't have anything going on after Mm -hmm. and so thursdays are 
Thursday is not a terribly busy day, but we do have. I do have wise fools in the evening. You have wise fools, and I go to the grocery and store. And you go to the there, grocery store. No, no, sorry. Go to dance class. Yeah, gym. Go to the gym. How's that go? Are you learning how to dance? It's not an instructional dance class. It's one of those where they encourage you to just keep moving. Even if you don't know the rhythm, can't find the rhythm, don't know the choreography, just so keep moving. So it's not dance. You're just, it's just spaz. It's spaz class. It's it's rhythmic movement. That's what they would call it in the Baptist circles where you're not allowed to dance. Rhythmic movement? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Um, the Duggars referred to it when their children would like feel the beat and they'd start you know, dancing around. They'd call moving. it jumping for joy. Oh. Because that's allowed. <laughs> it's You're allowed to be joyful and jump, but you're not allowed to be joyful and dance. Right. You can't call it dancing. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh... So to anyway, be, to live, to live in a space that doesn't, that can't justify certain types of joy. I think the fact that it's more acceptable to play the word game that gets to me. Like they they will do the same thing that I'm doing, but they'll just call it a different thing to make themselves feel better. That's yeah, when yeah. I get frustrated because I'm yeah. like, you care more about semantics than you do about the actual idea that we're trying to convey. You and I both can praise the Lord and move our bodies and get exercise and be joyful. All of those things we can agree are good. But as soon as I call that dancing, that's when I lose you. And that's when you suddenly well, get an squirrely. <laughs> it's an interesting topic to discuss because uh, gambling, for example, is another one of those things that falls, you know, people go, well, you shouldn't gamble. Mm-hmm. But I, I guess it depends on how you're defining that. There are some, some people won't play cards. Some of the, mm-hmm. the old-time Baptists won't even play cards. Why? Well, because it's associated with gambling. Right. And mm-hmm. because people use cards uh, to gamble. And so playing cards in and of itself is a gamble. But then the problem is any sort of game is a, is a risk. You have a, you have a possibility of, quote, losing. Right. And if there's no money on the line, if it's still problematic for some people. We we played uh, werewolf mm-hmm. with some people who had a real problem because it's a game you where you lie. you lie, right. yeah. And they were like, "Well, it's not it's not Christian to lie." Well, but it's to, a game to like illustrate your point further on the risk thing. Like you have to a- wipe the chili off your chin, or else all I'm going to do is stare at it. Okay. Okay. I also have it on the table, so in about two seconds, it's going to end up on my shirt. There it goes. Um, the, there's a game where you have to decide whether you're going to keep the dice that you rolled, which I guess already using dice probably puts this in the category. Right, because of the dice no-no. are used for gambling. But like, you have to decide whether you're going to keep all of the points you've currently amassed mm-hmm. and just kind of stay there, or if or, you're going to roll again to see if you can get even more. Right. And yeah, that's we don't play for money, but... Right, but there are elements of what you could call greed in that. You're not satisfied with the number of dice that you have rolled, and so you want to get a higher number. You want to do better than what you... You want more than what you currently have, which is a sort of covetousness. covetousness. You're not coveting your neighbor's dice, really, but you are coveting what you don't have. You are not satisfied with the dice that you have, and so you're trying to better them. You're You're not... Happy with the dice that God has blessed you and with. And yet. You want more. And yet, in Jesus' parable, the wicked servant was the one who did not try to get 
an investment, did not make a risky investment to double the you money. You knew that I reaped where I did not sow. Right, God does that. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Wicked servant, you buried it in the ground rather than to take it to Vegas. <laughs> rather than go to Vegas. I think that's the translation. And gamble it. Well, it's the word, though, is to your point. Uh, Emmy just came in, and she's not wearing any hats right now, so she went from... 10 to 0. I'm going to tell Emery that she can go and do her language paper and she knows how to do it and you can watch her spelling video too and if you surprise me with how much you work and how hard you work then I will probably be unable to resist letting you play ABC Mouse on my phone because I'll be like wow. wow look how much you did. <laughs> I cannot I can't stop myself from letting you play ABC Mouse. I'll be like this is a kid who definitely needs there a reward she she for just something like that. dashed this. out of the room. This is a kid who's trying to work very hard the uh to your point the terminology and the uh the appearances of propriety or righteousness or whatever it is is more important than the actual uh the actual thing that's taking place there's nothing wrong with playing we we play poker Oh, some of the guys at the church. We actually have several decks of cards that used to belong to casinos because once they're done with a deck, they I think they only the use them for a single off. day, and yeah. then yeah, they they either they tag them somehow, they'll cut off the corner. Yeah, they're always getting rid of decks of cards at casinos because yeah. it's too easy to mark them. Yep, and and so then people like us uh, just benefit from somehow them. inherit them. We can feed our gambling habit with mm-hmm. decks of cards from. Uh, but we played poker with the guys at the church, and there were some people who a few years ago we were planning to have poker night actually at the church building. And it was uh, shot down by some people who said that it was inappropriate to, quote, gamble at the church. And I said, because I was a person of standing at the church, I was actually on the leadership committee, I said, but we're not gambling. We're not playing for money. Right. And that did not seem to matter. Even playing for chips, even playing for tokens, uh, was right. was enough to upset people. And then we had to have the conversation about what do you do when your freedom to gamble or eat meat sacrificed to idols right. causes your weaker brother to stumble. Well, we hear what you're saying, John, that it's not gambling, but um, it's gambling, so we're gonna... But it's the appearance <laughs> of gambling, and it's the appearance of evil. And are we not supposed to avoid... The very appearance of evil. Uh, yes, but but here's what I've said before. Follow me on this. Mm. A person who is uh, thinking along those lines and curtailing the freedom of another brother or, mm. um, or, or otherwise being sort of a Karen <laughs> about things is actually not avoiding the appearance of legalism. They're not avoiding the appearance of Phariseeism. And so... Well, they don't see it that way, though. The Pharisees don't right, see themselves as bad. Right, but you don't see it as, as gambling. And that's the point, is that we have two people on two sides saying two different things, but they're both guilty of potentially appearing like they're being evil. And so when yes, Baptists bring that course, out... But of course, it's the one who wants to play cards that's the one who usually gets shut down. Right. Because they're, the, they're more evil. That's, it's more obviously well, evil to play cards than not, it is though. to say... Not to play it's cards. It's not more obvious. It's more obviously evil to get a tattoo than it is to say not get a tattoo. No, it isn't because nobody wants to be a Pharisee. I just don't think that we've we've really benefited. I don't think that we've really done a great job rhetorically on our side of things 
combating. You mean the card players? Yeah. Well, the card you players. You mean us hardcore gamblers I haven't done say, a good job? I would say the freedom fighters. The, ah, the people who are that. trying to who are trying to be um, still trying to be scriptural, trying to be biblical, but also um, we're tired of, of having our joy, like, you know, our, our ability to jump for joy curtailed by. By the people who won't let you dance. Yeah, by people who are afraid of the D word. <laughs> some of us are. Uh, not everybody is, though. Some, some people are content and actually, uh, I don't want to say pleased, but they in, in some way they... They actually see it as <clears throat> rendering a service to the Lord yes. when they back down and yeah. compromise. I'm sure and they when see they that. When they stop playing cards and they yes. stop. I'm sure they uh, think that. I'm sure that they are all convinced in their own hearts. But what I'm saying is we need to give them the opportunity to be, to have their mind changed. We need to give them the opportunity to potentially see things from a different perspective, even if they don't take that opportunity. I think that that um, we could do a better job instead of just giving up and going, well, okay, it's not worth fighting with you over this. Um, Which is what we have historically, historically done. Historically, people are... It's, we didn't actually play poker at the church. Right, I'm not but surprised. But we did <laughs> play uh, euchre at mm-hmm. the church. And one of the people who was so sta- staunchly against poker was an avid euchre player right. at the church. I and think I they asked, call them eucharists. And I... No, eucharists. I'm just <laughs> That's not true. <laughs> an avid eucharist. <laughs> I'm listening to an audiobook right now about... It's called Popes and Feminists. And so we just... I just listened to a section where she was describing like indulgences and how the, the um, priests are, you know, every time they conduct this, the... What, the rite of the Eucharist, mm-hmm. um, that they re-sacrifice. They believe they're re-sacrificing Christ's very body and his right. and spilling his very blood. So that, that was in my mind. Transubstantiation thing. I knew that already, but like I literally just listened to that probably forty-five minutes ago. So it's fresh. It's fresh. So when you said he liked to play euchre, he was an avid euchre player. This was a this was a woman, <laughs> by the way. There was a woman that I was getting pushed back with on poker, but she yes mm. was a Eucharist. Interesting. And, and I called her out. I said. You're still using cards. It's just that you you just play by different rules. It's the same thing, and you're gambling. You're trying to win tricks. Right. You're when trying you to take there tricks. you sit there and you and you furrow your brow to decide whether to tell your partner to pass it or pick it up. You're gambling. You're gambling. You're gambling that your partner you're is going to have enough cards. Calculating. That you're the two thinking. Of you can win. You're thinking. What are the odds that that card is going to? come back to haunt me or be a tool in my victory. And the possibility that you could be wrong and lose is what makes it exciting and fun to play. Also, yes, the very definition of a game. It's Right, right. (laughs) And that that was my point at the beginning. You might have recalled at the beginning, I literally said that. I said every form of game is a gamble. Un momentito, por favor. So Silas... The, okay. All right. The, all right. So the uh, the idea of uh, gambling. Another thing that happens is drinking, the consumption of alcohol, uh, dancing. Yeah. All of those things. All of those things get rolled up together yeah, yeah, into yeah. one thing and dismissed. Also, stand-up comedy gets ripped, gets thrown in there sometimes. But the thing is that I don't actually think that's as prevalent these days. I don't think that like religious you think people are more worried about dancing than they are about alcohol. No, I don't think people are really worried about dancing either. I, I brought that up just kind of as a, as a 
aside. Didn't think we were going to spend 15 minutes on it. But I do have a great way to weave this into what I wanted to talk about. Oh, you have a plan? You Are have you ready? an agenda today? Oh, yeah. Oh. Are you ready for this transition? I don't ready know. for this explanation? I don't know. I wasn't. I was surprisingly ready to talk about dancing and gambling. Yeah, nobody cares about that in. anymore. <clears throat> Most people are not worried about... I care about it. ...about whether you go to the movies. That was something that people were worried about a mm -hmm. long time ago. Most of those people have since died off. Or when, if you wear well, pants... When you say a long time ago, you're talking about when I was like, yeah. in high school and junior high. So it's not... I haven't died off yet. Yeah, but the, but you, you may have noticed I'm no, no, still but alive. You weren't the one worried about that. You were the one trying to demonstrate to your great grandmother that wearing that a woman wearing pants at church was not going to immediately send her to hell. Right. I'm saying your great grandmothers have all passed on, and your that grandparents have all passed on. Right. And so now you are one of the the elder folks, and you're so not worried I, about pants. What am I worried about now? Well, I don't know if you you're not worried about this either, but what what people are talking about now that I think goes in the same category of legalism mm -hmm. and um, thou shalt nots, where God hasn't said thou shalt not. Right. I will tell you, it's the anti spanker movement. The anti spanking. Is this, is this what your agenda was? You wanted to talk about the anti spanker. Yeah. Well, and I specifically want to talk about the ways that we can combat those talking points and do a better job def not defending that we can verbally spank those anti-spankers yes yes rhetorically speaking they do a better job shouting down those the anti-spankers yeah how because we live in a very freudian psychologically minded culture where everything comes back to mental health every com everybody's worried about child abuse and so mm -hmm. all you have to do is say um, their main point is you're being violent. You're teaching kids it's okay to hit while you don't practice that. You don't practice what you preach. Mm -hmm. And you're teaching them specifically that it's okay to hit another person just because they're doing what you don't like. That That's what they say. was around even when I was a kid. Yes. Those, those were things that were said when we were raising you. Yes, but you <clears throat> managed to win, more or less, win the cultural victory around gambling and around... Um, dancing and around alcohol consumption in moderation. Mm -hmm. But I don't think you win when it comes to spanking. Spanking. Well, we yeah. spanked the fire out of you <laughs> for our part. Yes. Actually, that's not true. Uh, I, can, I think you were spanked <laughs> not many times. Uh, I can't recall very many spankings. Your brother, Tim, I've lost count of how many spankings he got. <laughs> But you, not as much. Yeah. Yeah. So this week, um, I will. I can name even the page. I can name the name. Um, there's a, a blogger that I follow and have followed for many years named Kendra Tierney. Her blog is Catholic All Year because it's mainly about how to celebrate or how to include the various feast days in your normal daily life. And I mean right. daily. And the Catholics, they will dance. Yes. They will dance, and they I've also seen them. have. Uh, they seen have them no dance. problem drinking, and and I've seen them drink. They also have a lot of feasts if you're living liturgically. And I think the Catholics will even play cards. They probably will. Yeah, most Pretty of sure. those things sound fairly Catholic to me. I don't know if they race horses or not. Some probably do. So, what's your thing about spanking? Uh, how, she, how do we how do we win this war? Okay, how do well, we take back spanking? Kendra Kendra Tierney has ten children. Two of them are in college. I think the youngest is like five or six. Um, what are they doing in college? They're being <laughs> being in college. Being indoctrinated. She homeschooled them. She went. They went to uh, private 
high oh, schools. Okay. And then they're in. They're so in they'll be okay. Now. Probably will be okay. But mostly her blog is about like helping other Catholic moms start observing the various feast days. And there's a feast for a different saint every single day. Wow. Yeah. And so she doesn't recommend that you just jump in all at once. But no, that would be, would be a, a little, little crazy. overwhelming. But she has kits that she sells that are kind of cute that like will help you do little tiny traditions for a few of them per year. Little feasts. You, like, would she recommend that you work up to a feast every day? Because that's well, just called feast. dinner, isn't it? Aren't right. we just, aren't we just eating feasts. meals at that point? No, sometimes they're like art projects or snacks or something. Like a kid, they might eat like heart cookies on the feast of the of the saint Valentine. broken heart or something like that. I forget. There's oh. a saint that's like the saint of broken hearted people. So it's a way to theme them. Yes, and okay. then like you could do a, a hunt for, you know, like the way that we do for Easter, except they would they would do them for relevant saints throughout the year, right. you know, a little treat hunt or something like Seems that. Seems like there's more saints than there are days of a year. Yeah, there are. So what That's do you do I'm then? Saying. Do you have to double not and triple Not everybody up? has a feast day. Everybody doesn't get a feast? No, not all the saints do. Mm. So, but but if you're new to the Catholic I faith, want a feast you if wouldn't I was a know saint. that, and you wouldn't know what you wouldn't know which ones you should observe or how you would even begin to observe True. them. So she's so there for that. So she's helping to walk them but through that. I like because you might blog. accidentally give a feast to a saint that doesn't have one. Imagine probably, that. Probably Imagine not. the embarrassment of having a feast for. I would say most Catholics more likely just don't have feasts for anyone. Right. Well, that would That's be the easiest way happens. to do it. But if you decided you were going to start observing these feasts and you just went crazy and accidentally, yeah. I, I'm I'm not even trying to talk about feasts. I'm just saying, <laughs> if you go to her blog, you're going to be like, "Why is it all well, about Catholic feasts?" And up, I'm though. going to say. <laughs> Because that's mainly what it's about. You I shouldn't don't, have mentioned it to me if you didn't want me to. I don't follow dig into her it. for that because I'm not Catholic. Okay. I have been following her because she's a mother of ten kids for right. a long and time. And she she knows about raising children. Yes. She occasionally, and especially many years ago, wrote more about like how to help wean your child off of baby food and onto table food. Like how to toilet train your child with. This is the kids. sort of stuff yeah. that you have been craving in our. It, it, yes. our, our personal circles. You've been looking for matriarchal figures who can yes. tell you how who to will mother and wife. Unapologetically say, this is a formula that works. This is a thing that I can put my stamp of approval on. This is a thing that, that I can recommend you do. Maybe too. even go so far as to say, this is what you ought to do. Yes, you should do it. And she actually, the truth is, with, with Kendra, she is more likely to say, hey, I'm a big believer in whatever works for you. And I would never tell you that there's only one way to do a thing. Like she, she puts she all of those disclaimers that. in all the time. And that's what, well, you pretty so, much have to, don't you? I mean, if you're going to talk to women, don't you have to put those disclaimers in? Um, apparently it doesn't do any good. Most women are not like you, right? Yeah. But apparently for all of her, you know, disclaimers, she, she, she still, still gets, gets raked over the coals for being, so she wrote this, um, sensitive and bossy and toxic and, she wrote this article, and it's been years ago because I had read it before. But um, her husband died earlier this year, and so there have been a lot of oh. reposts of old blogs that she wrote. Um, and so one of them was my favorite one about how to help, how to sleep train your baby, which was hugely controversial even when she published it like ten years ago. Mm -hmm. um, and so I saw that one pop up recently. There was the one on 
baby led weaning, which just means you feed them table food instead of bothering well, to sleep, buy candy. Sleep taming your baby probably requires having them cry some. Yes, which of course is which child abuse. That's yeah. what they say. Um, so, Really, an ideally raised baby in some people's mind never makes a peep. This is How to Be the Boss of a One-Year-Old by Kendra in September of 20- I'm already triggered. 2013. This is almost this is nine years old. Yeah. It's almost ten years old. Um, and she, older than that. This is 2022, my she dear. She even tagged it from. Uh, she tagged it back then. Can of worms from the trenches. Parenting with authority. She has an entire section of her blog dedicated to parenting with authority. Mm-hmm. Um, that's that's a word you're not supposed to use too. So this is what it. This is. I'm just going to give a little sample of the article so you could know how very un controversial it should be should i sit down you're already sitting down okay i just wanted to know if this was the appropriate posture she says i'm gonna start this by saying that plenty of people do not discipline as early as i do which is fine i'm a firm believer in doing what works for your family i also believe the level of discipline in your home is up to you and can be changed at any time by just being clear about your expectations and consistent with your follow-through and of course always meaning what you say That said, I personally do not wish to have to physically restrain my young toddlers in order to be able to get them to, say, not pull everything out of the pantry while I'm cooking or not run full speed into the parking lot because one-year-olds are all, and then she shares this meme that says, you're not the boss of me. (laughs) But I'm like, other meme, oh, yes, I am. (laughs) Because God says, she adds, God says. And maybe you're all... That's adorable or acceptable and he'll grow out of it or whatever. And you'd prefer to put a child safety latch on the pantry and one of those beepy alarm things on the front door and maybe a kid harness on the toddler and you just deal with that as or deal with the discipline at a later date. Totally fine by me. I personally know multiple families who pretty much can't take their toddlers out of the house or leave them unsupervised at all because they will full on <laughs> run away at the park or climb into the dishwasher. But they have absolutely lovely and well-behaved school-aged children, so it's a parenting choice. But I don't personally want to live in fear of what they might be up to while I'm in the other room or be unable to go to Costco or the playground with my toddlers. So if you ever wondered if it was possible to get a one-year-old to do what you say using just your voice and the force of your will, I'm here to say, yes, it is. And to tell you how I do it. So um, she goes on from there, obviously, and says... Right, but that is the sort of thing that has many mothers up in arms, right? Because... Not just that... But that she specifically says that she tells them no, and if they do, if they cross that line anyway, she gives them a tap. Oh, so she spanks them. Here's here's her philosophy. Well, that's not what she said. Using just the sound of your voice and will, but that's not at first, right? You have to you have to actually give them spankings, right? To train them. She says to submit themselves to your voice. She says that she has a kangaroo style of parenting. She practices total attachment parenting for about nine months, which means she wears them, she nurses them, she cloth diapers. Um, She says, there is a point, and if you have multiple kids, you probably know what I'm talking about. When babies go from having nothing but needs to all of a sudden having preferences, the exact time when that happens varies from baby to baby, but for most of mine, it's around six to nine months of range. My babies need food and love and sleep and attention and eye contact and snuggles, so I give those things to them. My babies want to touch the TV and throw sand and take their diapers off, but I don't let them. (laughs) That's... That's her style. That's how she talks. That's how she writes. I've always loved it. And she says, these are my philosophies. I believe they are capable of learning. Um, I'm consistent and always mean what I say. 
I start by saying, not for babies. I say this a lot, and I always mean it when I say it. I start saying it before the babies could really be willfully doing anything, but it does teach them what it means. So if the baby has the remote or great Aunt Gertrude's cane, I say, not for babies, and take it away. Every single time, even if he fusses about it. I use not food in the same way. If the baby has something she shouldn't have in her mouth, I say not food and take it away every single time, even if she fusses about it. And in this way, they learn the concept that despite their whims and desires, there is such a thing as something they may not do. And then I move on to no, or more often a weird sound I make or their name, but in a sharper than usual tone. And here's how it all goes. Frankie, that's her son, about to watch the t- touch the TV. Me, Frankie, no, no, don't touch the TV, not for babies. Frankie, pauses, maybe looks at me over his shoulder, touches the TV. But eventually, and more quickly with some kids than with others, he'll learn I really do mean it, and if I told him he can't touch it, he really can't. So after that hand-extended pause, he puts his hand down and doesn't touch the TV. Now maybe he turns and flings himself into the couch face first in despair, but we're still getting a good bit of that around here. Um, But very often, most always, he does not touch the TV. And then she goes, "Um, but how do we get from touching the TV to the not touching the TV? Number three, calmly use age-appropriate consequences. And that is where she talks about dancing. She says, I don't have good luck. Right. Baby, the baby version of those things. I've not had good luck with normal timeouts like sitting in a corner or a timeout chair. I find young toddlers don't always stay in them and the situation escalates because now he needs to be reprimanded for the original offense plus getting out of his timeout. Um, So timeouts in a crib or playpen can work. Um, But she says, I'm trying to even get to the part. This has been a long, I'm scrolling and scrolling and scrolling. And even the part where she talks about tapping them on the hand doesn't even, hasn't even shown up yet. Wow. Oh, there we go. So what I use to discourage bad behavior and disobedience is spankings, usually hand spankings, occasional bottom spankings, combined with a timeout for older toddlers for bigger offenses. I know this doesn't feel right for many mothers. I'm not telling you you must do this or your kids will never behave, but here's why I do it. And hand spanking is immediate and effective. Mm -hmm. So that was what was said in the blog, among many, many other things. It seems like perfectly straight-up practical you know, wisdom right. from where I'm standing. But but you've got how much hate did she get for that? Like I would say seventy five percent of the comments were people telling were hate? Her, yeah. Or they were saying you can't do that. Your your methods are outdated. We usually love what you have to say, but you just have to understand that this is wrong. We know better now. This and was we back know in two thousand thirteen. No, this was she reposted it Monday and people are saying in seventy five Oh so the current p- comments yes. are is that a contrast to 2013? Probably was there, there was pushback then too. Acceptance. No, nine I would years ago. I don't know what the pushback was at the time of publishing, but nobody has been super excited about this for a long time, and now they're even more confident in their own, uh, I guess, right to tell her straight up, "You are abusing your children. You need to stop." How many of these are current parents of toddlers, and how many of them are many her? Of them are her age who have children that they never spanked who are... I think a lot of them have... Who are now 
This Senators. one of the ladies is named Christina. She posted straight up spankings are abusive. You can dress it up however you want, but they're abusive. I'm so saddened when I see parents give quote advice like this with corporal punishment. What you're telling your children is this. It's okay to hurt people who are smaller and weaker than you. If they're doing th- things you don't want them to do, it's lazy parenting and it's harmful to children. And when you click on her uh, profile picture, she's got it's kids. It's a picture in it. of her breastfeeding. Oh, no. she's got kids in it. Okay, there so they are. Yeah, those kids look pretty well behaved in that picture. Uh, yeah, don't they? Sitting there. Yep, she probably knows everything there is to know about about spanking kids and how harmful it is and how every time you spank your kid, I'd you're like to comment you. on the idea of this is what you're telling your kids when you spank them. Yeah, you're, you're saying. You're saying blah, 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 blah. And what you can do when you are doing corporal punishment is you actually can say things to your kids. Mm -hmm. And you can say, the reason that you're getting this hand spanking is because I told you not to do the thing and you defiantly did it. And so one of the things that I recall hearing, I didn't get spanked a whole lot either. But one of the things that I do remember having communicated to me was whenever there was a punishment laid out, it was always clear that I was the reason that that punishment was taking place. It wasn't my parents demonstrating that uh, they disapproved of well, my behavior and I was and they were lashing out at me because I was quote doing something they didn't like. There was a lady, this was on a different video I saw this week where <laughs> where a toddler was offered dinner, was given dinner and told to take a bite and she clearly did not enjoy that bite of food and so she's making the most hilarious faces but she kept like pulling smiles like every time she'd look at her mom she'd be like, "Yeah, yeah, this is great. And like, then she'd try to swallow and like kind of gag a little bit, but then she'd like realize her face was betraying her again. And so she'd smile again. Yeah. And it was hilarious. Like I've, everybody has seen a child who's not enjoying a thing, but also is trying really hard to kind of like take charge of their, you know, take right. charge of their they're thoughts. Try to get control of themselves. And so right. they're, so they're struggling. And, but it was actually really sweet because she did what she was told. She was trying to be as pleasant as she could mm-hmm. about it. And the she video was, was funny. Trying to choke it down. It's hilarious. Mm-hmm. She did a good job and probably earned the dessert because she was saying that she wanted some dessert. And so she worked for it. Yep. Um, down in the comments, first comment. Somebody was uh, complaining about abusing children this and is so forcing sad. her to. It's so sad, she says, because this, this child has obviously been told she's not allowed to be honest about her feelings. She's uh, obviously been told that it's more important for you to, uh, to smile than to, than to tell the truth and to say what you really think. Right. You know, her mom is encouraging her to just, to just suffer and to, to not be truthful. That's what I'm addressing. I'm addressing these mind readers who explain to us what the child is feeling and thinking and how it's the parent's fault for not allowing the child to be honest and, and it's never crossed their mind that, that you you take control of your attitude. The child was controlling her attitude. Right. She can't. You can't force yourself to like a particular kind of food. Right. But you can force yourself to 
uh, to make the best of your circumstance. And yes. that's what was going on there. Right, and it but was if you were to explain healthy, it that way, that wouldn't really help the situation at all because they think that that itself is wrong. They think that to expect somebody to deal with their circumstances right, right. is I get that. wrong. <laughs> so. right. it's, it's wrong to expect anybody to, to, to try to adjust their attitude. Right. You're basically, these people are slaves to their... Feelings. Their whims, right. their feelings, and if the, I don't, I don't like broccoli. Therefore, broccoli is going to ruin my entire day right. if I'm forced to eat it. Right. And there was a lady down in the comments weak. who actually, she's probably your age, and she said, "Oh, come off it, people! I was made to eat my vegetables all the time when I was a kid. I yeah, used so to, I. I used to gag." She's like, "Now I love vegetables. I don't know what my problem was then, but I'm glad my parents, you know, pushed through." And who was I talking to the other day about? Uh, tomatoes and something else, pickles, tomatoes. And pickles. I know I was, it was when I was doing that show last weekend and I was talking to the, the pastor at the church and we had ordered breakfast and breakfast came and it had, you know, stuff on it. But we were talking about food that we eat now that we didn't, that we didn't like when we were younger. And mine was tomatoes and pickles. And I told him, like pickles now, I'm, I still won't go to the refrigerator and pull out a pickle very often and eat it. I just, I don't, I, I'm just not that much of a pickle guy. But I don't flick them off burgers anymore. You know, the hamburgers come with pickles on them. That's fine. I can deal with it. Well, I could not deal with it when I was a kid. The, the lady who testified that her parents used to force her to eat and was like, but I'm glad they did it because, mm -hmm. you know, now I'm much, much better at, I'm not a picky eater now. She had like three other women helping her understand that actually you were really abused. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Literally like, oh, listen, just because we really need to stop this whole, just because I survived it, everyone else should have to deal with it too. Because oh just because stars. you were abused doesn't mean it's okay to abuse others. And Are we doomed, Peach? <laughs> Are we doomed? Can we, can, no, no. can we survive this? No, I'm trying to help you and, and Carl understand that what they're using is just purely... A rhetorical device. They are really good at framing other people's perspective in the worst light and framing their own opinions. So, in the how best do we light. frame their perspective? I will tell you. Going back to spanking your child is not abusive. You had Christina saying, "This is just it's harmful to children," and you're sending Did the message. You comment? Yep. Uh, I knew it. I could. I could tell. You're sending the message that it's okay to hurt people who are smaller and weaker than you. She said. So here's what I said. <laughs> Here we go. I said, I disagree. The message being sent is you'll get spanked just because you're not doing what I want. Right. Actually, I agree. Disagree. Spanking sends the message that doing what's wrong ends up hurting us on the inside and often the outside too. Better a tap on the hand from a loving mom and dad than a zap from the electrical outlet that boss baby keeps reaching for. Better a smack on the bottom when tyrant toddler repeatedly ignores my voice and darts into traffic rather than getting hit by an actual car. Children, listen with your ears or feel the message with your tush. Disobeying <laughs> legitimate authority will hurt you. Disobeying legitimate authority will hurt you. Not just because I'm bigger, but right. because I was given charge over your well-being and you'd hurt yourself even worse if I didn't intervene. Right. I'm well aware of what trendy pop psych theorists are saying, but I'm already looking down the road 50 to 20 years when my kids are running businesses and raising families of their own and everybody dismisses them because they're just privileged. Dang right. They're privileged to have parents who love them more than they love public opinion. 
And did you get a response? I had a couple of likes yeah. and then a couple of sad faces. Sad. You They're hurt so some sad. feelings. They're sad about what I said about loving my kids. <laughs> but but uh, but here's sad what Danielle face. said. Danielle, who I don't know in real life, says, you're making it sound as though I don't love my children because I don't spank them. <laughs> and I didn't even read the rest of her comment. I was like, good. You got good. it. Good. She understands. You got it. You don't love your kid enough to spank them. You only care about what your Facebook friends think. You only care about how many likes you get on Facebook. Yep. And so that, we need to get better at that ability to repackage or restate a a case in a way that is compelling and memorable. I mean, it's going to sting a little bit. A a good, a um, well-coined phrase is going to sting, but it's also going to cause it to stick. It's not, right. like you said, verbally spanking them is actually going to help them learn the lesson quicker yeah. than making them yeah. too comfortable. Well, I, I, you and I were on the same, on the same line of thinking there yes. and we didn't even talk about this ahead of time. No, we but did yeah, not. But yeah, it's, it's powerful to, to basically put words in people's mouths and yeah. we have to stop letting them do that. Right. We have to stop letting them couch our arguments for us when they say oh you're just saying this to a little person that uh that you're you're bigger and stronger so you can you'll hit them if they don't do what you like it's like <laughs> that's not at all what i'm saying right. let me tell you what i'm saying yes um, well and i don't know if you saw what i put on telegram we don't have a lot of time left but did you read my uh, working theory about the anti-spanking movement on telegram no oh my goodness you're behind i know i'm falling behind the, the podcast is the only time we ever get to catch up so I wrote in my journal, actually it was in my dump notebook, my brain dump notebook the other day, because I was working on this. I was thinking about this conversation, thinking about all these pearl clutching Karens who are like, you can't spank, that's abusive. And I'm like, where does this come from? And also what is it, what is it causing? Like how, what are the, what are the cultural consequences of their refusal to spank their children? What's, where does it come from? What's it leading I'm curious to? about that. Too. I don't know about where it comes from. Who, who started this? I don't know where, it, well, I, it's again, the psychologizing of everything. Everything's about your brain. Everything's about mental health. Everything's about like, So it's basically feelings. people, children who were sad at some point in their childhood have got all of these issues now yes. today. And it all goes back to their childhood. It all goes back to their parents did everything wrong. So right. now we just try to do everything the opposite of the so way that their our parents, parents spanked them. Well, that was wrong because yes. their parents did everything wrong. I, I honestly, a big part of me can't wait for another 20 years to go by when their children are complaining to them about all of their like, organic food diet oh no kidding and like no kidding. you know mom if you let me eat a hamburger now and then if you let me <laughs> yeah but anyway if you let me shoot a rabbit okay this is sort of complicated and i i don't know how much of it is even making sense outside of my own head but this is this is what i said in the comedy click and in my journal okay working theory the refusal of parents to spank their kids And in extreme cases, the refusal to use any physical touch at all when disciplining and correcting the child, which includes hand-holding, steering them, picking them up to relocate them. They say all of that's too authoritarian and too abusive. Right. In extreme cases, that has led to youth and adults with an extremely low tolerance for words they don't like. Oh, absolutely. Okay, because... I don't even have to think about that. Children, this is what I think. This is the connection. If Carl doesn't really get why, I would say that. Children grow up to be adults who have all the same negative associations with being talked to 
that adults of previous generations associate with spanking and timeout. Right. It's authoritative. Right. And yeah. so no matter what you do, you are going to be authoritative over your children. Right. Or right. they're going to be authoritative over you, and so which is going to, which that, is that going to be a, a disaster. That's what happens a lot too. But yeah. really, like gentle parents, or people who practice what they call gentle parenting, will usually still talk to their kids. And they do it a lot. They plead. They try to yeah. rationalize. They A lot of times they say things like, do you know how that makes mommy feel when you do that? I never heard any of that growing up. <laughs> I, I always heard... I always heard, I am an adult. My, my mom used the word adult a lot. And there was always a distinction between adults and children. And as Correct. long as I was a child, it's like, your opinion doesn't matter. Why? You're a child. You know? Right. And until, you, until you're an adult. And then when you become an adult, she didn't go into all the details and explain what magically transforms my opinion. You know, how right. adulthood does. Because she didn't need to. Right. All, that, all that mattered was I understood adults have authority. Right. And you would be an adult... Eventually, there would come a day right. where you would be an right. adult, but it was a necessary first step for you to be a child and be treated as a child before you could get to adulthood. Right. And and I never, I don't remember, obviously, a whole lot, but I don't remember being super undone about that. I, it's just like, it was just the way it was. Right. I wasn't an adult. Here's, they were adults. Adults paid bills. I knew that. I knew adults paid bills. I knew adults drove cars around. And right. and I actually appreciated that stuff. There was, it terrified me to think about driving a right. vehicle. My son and says so the, the fact same that, thing. The fact that my dad and mom would get behind the wheel of a car and drive it right. was like, wow. They are this handling that. Is worthy of my respect they're and honor. They're handling that thing they're for do, you. <laughs> they're doing a thing I can't fathom. Colin doing. go. Colin when he was little was like, mom. What happens if I become a man and I don't know how to get home? Uh huh. And it's like, That's by the time you're a man, you will know how to get home. That was that was the same thing that went through my head. I wasn't, I didn't have the capability to analyze it like I do now. But right. looking back at it, I was impressed and in well, awe of my authoritative parents. I had never made this connection. Like, why do why are people so thin skinned when it comes to like disagreement? Why are they so, why do they have such a low tolerance for debate or for any sort of criticism? Why? Well, because it reminds them of their mothers who used to use that tool to get control of them when they were kids. It's the only tool they used. Right. And so here, right. here's mothers, what. Mothers don't appeal to their own authority. They just, they basically what they're doing is they're making you feel bad for making them feel bad. Right. Well, they're trying to negotiate, but they're trying to it's negotiate guilt. with somebody. It's parenting by guilt and shame. They're not mature enough to negotiate yet. They're trying to te treat their children like adults and their children are not adults yet. But I think there was a time where, I, I think for for centuries spanking or um what was another using the rod rhythmic movement on the behind yeah using a switch <laughs> dancing with a switch in your hand was was a way that the authoritative figure would set a clear boundary and they were consistent mm -hmm. and nonverbal about when they crossed a line and there was a very clear point when discussion was over and the physical consequences came into play right. for the rule breaking. But now when spanking is off the table, all of a child's interactions with their parents are verbal. All of them. All of them. Happiness, right. anger, my mom's disappointed, my mom's maybe maybe there's still room for negotiation here. I'm not totally sure. Right. Like when when do you know that you've officially reached the end of the line? Yeah. Or, gosh. or the end of the boundary. 
and I we've said reached, we've reached the end of the podcast. Uh, I said to uh, I said that to the Telegram group, and Stefan, who's one of our Click members, said, "Yeah, but you know, maybe this could apply to lots of different kinds of discipline too, like timeout, and you know, the, it's the boundaries thing where you're not giving kids clear boundaries." And I said. Right. I agree, and I think that needs to be pursued more, but I also still think there's something significant about the spanking versus the talking to kids thing. Because I think if my kids walked into, my kids had a boss at a job when they're 17, and the boss says, come into my office, I need to tell you something. And he gives them two or three things that they need to work on, that they need to fix. Your kids will be able to handle it. My kids would go, oh, okay, I need to fix these things. Whereas another kid might absolutely be devastated and they right. might be full of shame and embarrassment because that guy just treated them like a child right in their mind he didn't he didn't treat them like a grown-up he's he spanked them i agree i think there's a <laughs> i think there's a lot of layers uh i think there's a lot of layers to that because yeah. you've got parents who are also not good verbally nope and that's that's the reason that they are constantly uh anxious and right. agitated and impatient uh, right. because they're having all of these feelings that they that they don't know what right. to do with and how to articulate and so that splashes out on everybody in the family including right. the children well and i would say that there are many people who are not using the spanking technique correctly and they probably would do well to just stop trying to use their hand to there say are, what their there mouth are people can't who do. just lash out because they're angry yeah there are people who yeah. get emotional and and then they become physical that's not that's good. not okay and that's yeah. not what you were talking about either you said no. you used the word respond no, you didn't say responsible you said uh in what did you say oh i've been entrusted with your well-being well-being that wasn't it either i can't remember anyway no. good talk not as good as last week <laughs> it wasn't <laughs> there weren't enough bathrooms i wish it was last week <laughs> Thanks for visiting The Comedian's House. If you want to spend more time with our family, you can follow John Branion on YouTube and Facebook. Also email nextdoor at johnbranion.com with your comments and questions. We'll see you next time.